Hi everyone and welcome back to the yellow card after yet another international break. Hi Ripen, how are you? What were your thoughts on this weekend and hopefully now I believe there's no international breaks until March so it'll give a chance for everyone to settle down into the Premier League and into other matches such as the Champions League and Europa League. Yeah, it was the start of a very hectic schedule that is going to be going forward for all the teams and it is good to be back after a break. The international break gives gives a gap for all the teams but the teams have come back together and we had a first full weekend of uh, premier league football started off quite well on saturday we had a couple of very good matches that uh, we look forward to starting with tottenham and uh, the special one as people call him pulling out special tricks and taking the game 2-0 despite man city having most of the possession almost 66 67% possession and they had close to 22 shots on goal but they couldn't find the back of the net and tottenham did so with just two shots on target and two goals and one very early one from son what were your thoughts on that chirak well definitely i think the special one and a special man have done it again uh, as far as i'm concerned despite having most of the uh, despite the fact that most of the possession was actually with city i believe it was actually spurs that were in what i would like to call cruise control because they knew what they were doing from start to end and i was actually watching one of mourinho's interviews and he actually said that look i don't go into these matches thinking i'm going to accept a draw or a loss i'm going to go and win so despite the fact that people feel that over here he may have packed parked the bus over here he did it sensibly he went for his chances you can see that he plays to win he looks to nick a goal or two yes but in some emphatic style i believe he's actually grown he's learned from his past mistakes at manchester united and he's adapting quickly to the modern game as well as to the modern social media where he has his posts on instagram and clearly it's it's quite surprising to see city faltering all the time they played a they had a good side aguero was on the bench and i don't believe he actually came on now that's something that pep has got to really Uh, ask himself what he was doing because I think if you're ready to be on the bench, then you should be ready to put in a few minutes. So I don't see the point of having Aguero on the bench and then not bring him him on. Similarly, Sterling had a couple of weeks break because he was not team fit to play for England, and then again on the bench and brought him on pretty late in the day. And this after news out of the City camp that this week Guardiola signed an extension and is going to be there till 2023 i believe so two two more seasons after this so quite surprising from city and guardiola and kudos to the special one and special men yeah it's uh, really surprising actually to see city faltering so often at the start of the season i mean you don't see a pep guardiola side normally come out and struggle to score and struggle to win games this match they failed to score but i mentioned previously also they were just barely managing to score one goal a game and going on so far which is really surprising to see they have had their troubles uh, and with injuries with asus and aguero not being available uh, previously but now they're nearly back to full strength it's still surprising that they still continue to struggle scoring goals well absolutely and what amazes me was i was watching the game and uh, the commentators actually came up with two interesting facts i believe this is guardiola's worst start to the season ever as a as as a coach he's not struggled like this at barcelona or bayern before and also this is city's worst start since i think 2010 11 if i'm not mistaken under mark hughes 
So uh, you can see that City have problems, Guardiola have problems, and despite news of his extension, really something needs to be done. And another interesting thing to note during the game is while there was a again war, and obviously we'll talk about it again and again, probably every week till the end of the season. Uh, there was a City goal that was disallowed because of uh, Jesus apparently handling the ball it it is really up there in terms of whether you can count it as a as handball or not and initially on first thought i thought the goal should stand however when you actually look at the replay you can understand that because of the arm he's managed to control it into his feet but i would still like to think that it wasn't really a handball and the goal should have actually counted so i'm i'm a little again it goes back to the same thing where even even Kevin De Bruyne post match in his post match interview was saying I don't even know the rules anymore. So that's that's something that's just really really bad for the game of football overall. That was one you know main comment that I had to make from the game. And the second takeaway I had is it was really interesting to see in the second half the body language of both the managers because Mourinho was really up there right out at the technical area shooting off instructions to his players and Guardiola sometimes. Back at his seat, and even when he's uh, on his technical area, standing standing out there, no real instructions, just watching the game and the demeanor. I'm not really used to seeing Guardiola glum, not really excited, not saying too much. So it's pretty interesting to note both those things. It seems like something is happening at Manchester City, which is not. I mean, the team is not coming out like it normally comes out. They're still playing some decent football. They're still holding the ball. They're playing their passes. They're trying to create chances, but just not coming together, just not clicking for them somehow. And it just feels like the team is too good to just, you know, continue that. You can really actually call this a rut, but it just seems like the team is too good for that to continue longer. I agree with you, but don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. Let's move on now, maybe to... The blue side of Merseyside and it was Everton who actually held on for a nice 3-2 victory over the Cottagers. It was a hard-fought victory. I think uh, Fulham didn't play too badly, although they did have yet another missed penalty. So, I think they've missed three this season with Mitrovic. Then Lukman and that awful penalty that he took. And now this is a third straight penalty miss. So, uh, things not looking right for Scott Parker and his side and they really, really need to change that fast. Whereas from an Everton point of view, again, it was two goals from their front mm-hmm. man and he's looking ro- good. Yeah, thanks. Calvert looking uh, Lewin looking really good. Uh, it was a good team goal. Richarlison had a lot to do with the first goal and it was probably a scruffed in, I would like to say, by Calvert Lewin. But I, I think overall, again, they've got the victory. And, uh, you know, Ancelotti and his men still looking good value at the end of the day, even though they took it out 3-2. I think the first goal, I think Calvert Lewin probably had no idea how that got in. <laughs> but it uh, it did. And he was there, as we say, he was there in the right place at the right time. Just there waiting for that ball to come in and tap it in. But uh, the early promise that Everton showed seems like it's kind of fading away. They had a rough uh, few games and they will be really happy with the win that they got just to change up that the past results that they've been having. So that way, that that's the positive that I think Everton will take from this more than anything else. Yeah, and for the second time in as many matches that we've spoken about, like you said, they're fading away. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. <laughs> so 
Now let's talk about the red side of Manchester who took away a hard-fought 1-0 victory against the Baggies. What were your thoughts on that match, Dipain? I think all the action that happened in that match probably happened within a space of five minutes. So Bruno Fernandes commits a foul, the penalty is given, VAR then overturns it or VAR asks the referee, the referee takes a look and overturns it. And on the other side then, Manchester United win a penalty. Bruno Fernandes takes the penalty, it's saved by the goalkeeper, but it has to be retaken. And uh, then he finally manages to score. So all the action can be probably summarized in those five minutes or so of that match. I actually couldn't have said it better. And today I think I'm not going to expend my energy talking about the wonder that is Manchester United because I just don't think it's worth it. Cavani again on the bench as usual. I don't know what we're doing over there. We're just going to let's let let's go with it because at the end of the day, they got their victory and 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 you know there's only so much you can criticize someone when they've picked up a, a victory. You have to be happy about Pogba not playing though. Oh, absolutely. I think his time <laughs> at United has come to an end. And uh, I'm, like I said, let's leave it at that today for the wonder that is Manchester United. And maybe next week, I'll go back to my wonderful thoughts on them. Okay, let's move on to then the team that that's starting to look like title contenders or possible title con- contenders alongside Liverpool and maybe one or two of the others. So, Chelsea... Uh, going to Newcastle, coming away with a 2-0 victory. It was quite a solid, dominating performance from Chelsea. I think 2-0 doesn't completely do justice to the score, uh, to their game that they had. Oh, absolutely. I think the first goal was an own goal, but the second goal, again, very, very good build-up. Uh, Werner to Tammy Abraham also. Uh, Abraham's looking good. Werner very much involved in the build-up and again, he's really, really looking good value for the money that they've paid for him. And like you said, it's a Chelsea side that seems to be coming together. The defence again looked good. So, all in all, a very, very positive victory for Lampard yet again. And I think that it's a good victory because they've traditionally struggled against Newcastle. They don't always manage to pick up the points. And I think it was a good win for them. And Lampard can really hold his head high and look on to a much brighter rest of the season, hopefully. Let's move on to then some from the top of the table to someone at the bottom. Sheffield United losing 1-0 to going to West Ham. I think it's trouble for Sheffield United. They barely have a point to their name right now. Absolutely. And I think Chris Wilder's side really have a lot to think about and I'll be very surprised, quite frankly, if he manages to keep his job because while he's done an amazing job last season to not only keep them up but keep them in probably a mid-table place where which was really, really good and really commendable because they were a force to be reckoned with last season. I think whether you want to say that competition stepped up, people have figured them out. It's just not working. And I think, you know, personally, if they want to change things around, I would say that uh, Chris Wilder's got to go. They need to start making changes. I'm not really sure, but I don't think that that any team has actually survived after one point in nine games and uh, being in the 20th position after this, uh, after, after nine matches. So he's definitely got his work cut out for him. And uh, Sheffield... You know, a lot needs to change. And as for West Ham, I think, again, the the bottom line is they've got their victory. So, what counts is the three points. uh, Strong 1-0 from them. And they've had a pretty decent season, I'd like to think, up up until now. Yeah, four wins already for West Ham. So, that's quite a good start for them out of nine matches. Considering the form they they were in last year. 
it's it's a really good start for them absolutely absolutely the pain next couple of matches that we can talk about i think let's talk about the seagulls and their plight against villa i think it was a really good win for them i would like to think that they finally soared to their potential this is i think only their second victory because they've been looking good value but they've not actually managed to take out victories and against villa against the villa side that's looked really really good this season i think that brighton played some amazing foot ball it was walbeck the first goal uh, amazing it's like he rolled back the years uh, i think he's always been a very good player but he struggled a lot with injuries and therefore hasn't remotely lived up to his potential but i think the first goal really summed up exactly why they got in walbeck i also think that he definitely needs to do better because even after the first goal you could see that there were a couple of heavy touches and he used to let the ball get away from him which is on hindsight had he not it could have been even more goals for brighton and uh, another you know another player that i'd like to talk about from a brighton point of view who i think has a really really bright future uh, is lamptey because chelsea let him go to brighton because they already have right now they have chilwell and they've always had other people at at, at the, on their full back positions but he's someone that's come out and really really impressed me i'll be very surprised honestly if in the next season or two he's not picked up by one of the top top clubs yeah he actually got sent off at the end of towards the end of the match there on the, uh, in this match but yeah that's not really representative of his performance that has been so far but he's he's been pretty good pretty impressive at, since the start of this season just to mention on aston villa Ross Barkley walked off injured at the start just uh, I think around the 5 minute mark or so and that that's a worry for Aston Villa they've had a good start and I think uh, we spoke they have a, now a three pronged attack that uh, is really threatening the opposition so that might be kind of a setback for them hopefully it's not too long that he's gone for but yeah other than that i think it was a surprise win though for brighton i think i expected aston villa to do much better they did play quite well it wasn't a bad game per se but they just struggled in the final third or so i agree i definitely agree they could have played a, it's not like they played badly but definitely could have done a little bit better but again i think brighton did did their job they they looked really good so i, I was pretty happy with their performance but uh, uh, yeah uh, nothing else really to add over there what are your thoughts on the gunners now depain because they played out a nil nil draw and uh, a lot of drama in that game as well but let's get your thoughts on it normally when you say it's a nil nil draw you imagine a very boring game this was nothing like that it was pretty there was a lot of action i mean end to end football but obviously leeds dominated the chances i think they hit the post or the crossbar uh, two or three times during the game and leno had to make some really good saves to really keep arsenal in the match arsenal on the other other side are i think creativity is massively lacking they're struggling to create chances for a change uh, obamayang started playing off right down the center which i thought would you know give him more chances but he barely had a touch inside the box in the first half i think he had one shot or one touch that is it so it's really that the ball wasn't really getting to him pepe was getting frustrated in the midfield trying to do all the de- defensive work and that uh, towards the 50th minute or so you saw the reaction to that very head butted you could say i mean it wasn't really a head butt but yeah the action was simple. Miller he headbutted Alioski and was sent off and after that I don't think there was much chance for Arsenal really trying to 
play their game so they just sat back defensively and held on to a nil nil draw only a couple of more points to add to that japan i think that uh, arteta really needs to look over his shoulder now because uh, i think it's been a long time since they've come away with such few goals i don't think they've really scored too many this season so uh, i'm not sure whether they've scored the fewest in their premier league history or whether it's fewest in the last 10 years or so from an arsenal point of view but it's not good and actually then if you now go and see and you compare the win percentages i don't think that he's really going to get the better of the last uh, arsenal manager so it, it it really needs to be seen how arteta binds the team together because looking to play this kind of football is all good but uh, if the results are not coming that's you know the the fa cup victory is quickly fading away and uh, arteta needs to really bind this team together and start uh, you know churning out some performances because obviously there's been a lot of talk about why ozil's also not even in the side which is something that even i cannot understand because while you may describe him as a lazy footballer there is seems to be a definite lack of creativity in the arsenal side and that is something that ozil can bring to the table lazy or not so really arsenal whether it's the manager whether it's the board they really got to take a good look at themselves in the mirror and say look is this to the benefit of our team or the detriment because you're paying him an absorbent amount of money each week as his weekly wages and he's not even in the squad so i don't understand what they're doing and uh, you know really they also need to learn to keep their cool because tierney was really worked up at the end of the at the end and and really wanted to go and have words with alioski and i'm not saying that uh, you know we don't see where he's coming from in terms of uh, the way that alioski fell down but the bottom line is a headbutt's a headbutt these are the rules of the game and you really need to be careful the thing with arteta is the victories of the fa cup came with the kind of football that they are, they are showing or the kind of uh, maybe you can say that the i mean it's not like they're falling apart they're showing strength they're showing commitment there, there's a work there's a certain work ethic and work rate that shows and that's what got that result but it's nowhere close to the kind of football that arsenal is known for or used to play under wenger which is the time that you ideally want to go back to so even if the results are not coming if that kind of football is being played then it's still okay but if both are not happening you don't have that free flowing football and you don't have the results that's when fingers start being pointed and you know you've got to give at least one of the two you start show a team that is capable of playing good football against the best teams or at least capable of like you say hold on hold tight and then strike and get the results that you actually need so one of the two has to happen absolutely the pain and i think let's move on to the next match and let's talk about brendan rogers and his leicester side going to anfield and remember that both sides actually have a lot of injuries and uh, it was quite surprising to see that liverpool played really really well it was some amazing football and uh, they came out comfortable victors against uh, leicester 3-0 victory a lot of positives the first positive i think is that the last goal firmino scored Firmino, Firmino scores st- and Firm- Firmino has a goal and he was within 1 cm of it being called a goal with goal line technology. I think it's really good that Firmino scored he's got his name on the score sheet and you're right he could have actually had two because it was just a uh, heartbreaking the way uh, that was not counted. But having said that again Jota looking good and another thing to be said about the Jota goal is it came after a string of I th- I believe 30 passes. So Liverpool actually passed the ball 
strung around the uh, the ball 30 times and remember this is without a Thiago this is without a Van Dijk this is uh, with Fabinho in defense this is without Henderson this is without Alexander Arnold so a lot of positives from this Liverpool side they looked strong from the start to the end uh, I think they didn't really surprisingly enough didn't really miss Salah in the front three because Jota is playing this you know at the moment the season of his life as far as I'm concerned so it was Mane Firmino and uh, Jota an amazing front three, Wijnaldum then in the middle of the park for Milno, as experienced as ever, uh, made up for Henderson not being there with the captain's armband and slotted right into Alexander Arnold's position. So I think overall an amazing performance by Liverpool. And what needs to be remembered is it's against a Leicester side that actually have a lot of pace that are, that were actually top of the table before this weekend. And looking really, really good. So I think that this this weekend, Liverpool actually probably laid down a marker for what's yet to come. Uh, definitely. I agree with everything that you said there. That Liverpool really showed that despite all the injuries that they have, this is where the depth in the squad really comes in. This is the quality of the squad that they have and the players and the manager, how they are in sync. Because a lot of people playing out of position, key players being suffering injuries and not being available in a match against Leicester. Leicester is a very tough opposition to play against. And they keep their un- unbeaten run at uh, home intact, extended to 64 matches now that they have been unbeaten at home, which is a phenomenal record, I think. Leicester, I think, would have gone into this match saying, OK, you know what, we have a chance here to do some damage. We did it against Manchester City. We can do it against Liverpool. And that would have really put them in. They would have been at the top of the table. Plus, going into the coming matches with the confidence of beating last two years' champions. So, that would have been a really good uh, momentum-carrying match for Leicester. But Liverpool showed just how good they are. And despite all the difficulties... They can still... You couldn't tell from watching the match that they were suffering from seven or eight uh, injuries. You would think that Klopp just put out a strange side rotating some players and they're just playing like they've been playing all along. Absolutely the pain. And before we end for the day, I'm just going to go ahead and knock on wood before the commentator's curse or a podcaster's curse comes because Liverpool have had their share of problems this season. So hopefully they will continue the good work. They're right at the top of the table. The top of the table is looking really good. It's Mourinho and a special team at the top. And on same points and just back on goal difference is... My Liverpool side. So, uh, I'm all smiles this weekend, that's for sure. Would you like it to finish this way? No, just let's turn (laughs) it around, make Liverpool go one, Spurs two, and I would love it if it finishes that way. All right. Thank you, everyone. It's been a wonderful week. We'll wrap up here and we'll see you soon next weekend. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.